Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Here we go. It's time for today's AM Minnesota program. Going to be a very interesting program when you hear more from my guests. First, a guy that's more famous by far, knows more people than I do. Farmer from Northfield, semi-maybe-retired educator, but still educating, Dave Legville. Dave, welcome back to the studio. Whoop, let's turn that one on, too. There we go. Thanks for having me. Always enjoy visiting with you, Dave. And we're going to be talking about a presentation that you are going to be doing at the Minnesota State Fair. (laughs) Caught my attention uh, from the tractor seat. But before we get to that, you better introduce a special guest you brought along. Absolutely. A great component of what we do at the State Fair is to have a lovely young uh, farm lady. Hannah Malika. Hannah comes to us from Northfield. She is a Northfield product. Um, She has her degree from UW River Falls in Ag Business Management. And the really cool thing is that Hannah works with her grandfather and father in the Malika tiling and trucking business. And so she sits in the backhoe and runs that backhoe with great expertise And what that does is to educate her about different soil types, different uh, issues with water. And uh, so she has an intimate knowledge of that kind of thing. And I thought, you know, what a great partner. So I asked her and we've done several presentations and it's always a joy to work with her. So welcome, (laughs) Anna. Thank you, Dave. And thank you for having us on the show today. When I first heard about your degree and, you know, the business that your family's involved in, my first thought is I would want to have Hannah's job because egg business. So you're sitting there doing all the book work and paying the bills and running the office. I'll bet you'd rather be out in the backhoe or the tiling. <laughs> I do definitely enjoy being out in the backhoe and being out in the field with dad and grandpa, but I don't mind a little book work. I'll yeah, let's just not get too carried. That's why we have computers to help with that, right? Exactly. Gotta love technology. <laughs> well, give us a little bit more about the background about, Dave, how this all came about that you and Hannah are doing a presentation on the quote view from the tractor seat and and educating the the folks, because that's a golden opportunity at the state fair to reach out to those that don't have a clue what we do in agriculture and how their food is produced. Yes. Well, I think I I got into this when I was uh, executive director of the Cannon River Watershed Partnership, now Clean River Partners. I'm starting and, to get used to that name change. Yeah. My yeah. wife says I'm slow, but trainable. It takes me a while <laughs> to catch up. So uh, the Pollution Control Agency uh, learned of this guy who was in the water business and knew that I was uh, a teacher and I could speak to people. And, oh, he's also a farmer. Let's get this guy in. So I did quite a bit of work with the Pollution Control Agency as an outgrowth of our uh, work at Clean River Partners. And uh, 
So I, I had done quite a few presentations when I was teaching. Um, and this one kind of came to mind when I thought, you know, the, the tractor technology has changed so much and chemistry and genetics and all of the developments in agriculture have really changed. And uh, I knew that Minnesota was kind of behind the ball when it came to our soil management and tillage practices. And the map that you have before you shows that Minnesota is about 6% uh, no-till, strip-till, conservation tillage, and the states around us are far right. above that. South Dakota, 52, Nebraska, 56, Iowa, 35. I hate to be behind Iowa, but that's <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. You know, Missouri, 45%. Yeah. So it's, it was apparent that there's something going on here. And I thought, well, uh, uh, incentives may do it. Uh, beatings and intimidation certainly won't help. But education, since yeah. I'm an educator, education is, is where it's at. And uh, so I really wanted to have a presentation partner who knew agriculture intimately. And water management, maybe. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. someone who can speak. Because Hannah, as, I don't know if you're a former or present uh, defeated Jesse James Day's ambassador, who has traveled around and spoken about uh, Northfield and the state of Minnesota. And so Hannah can, she can speak the socks off of something. So, <laughs> so Jerry, I'd watch out because she may take yeah. your seat there at the microphone anytime uh, now. <laughs> anytime you would like. They're trying to get me to retire. Oh, <laughs> I'll sit right alongside yeah. you. <laughs> but, but isn't it exciting, Dave, when you get to be our age, you see the next generation or maybe one generation younger yet, like that hand is yep. excited about our field of agriculture and the opportunity career-wise that they have and wanting to be involved in, in promoting what we do. Exactly. And a, a stellar example of uh, what young people in agriculture should look like and sound like. So our, our presentation begins with uh, a look at tractor seats. And I actually have a tractor seat that has been made into a shop stool. And uh, a steel one? A steel, <laughs> a, yeah. a, Ouch. a steel tractor seat. And so I bring that along and we do a little thing with the audience where people can come and sit on it and ask if you would like to be parked on that for eight hours. And then we have people who make red tractor sounds and people who make green tractor sounds so that um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it kind of gives the idea of what it was like to suffer along on a steel tractor seat. So we show um, the uh, first tractor seat really isn't a tractor seat. It's a, a seat on an implement pulled yeah. by seven Four. horses yeah i was thinking you know the rice county steedman gas engine club shows coming up labor oh, day weekend yeah. and they always have horse plowing and yep. it's fun to watch but i'm thinking i don't think i missed anything that i didn't <laughs> have to no. plow with horses I agree. so we try I agree. to trace the uh the tractor seat thing and um we go to uh picture of an F-14 farmall. That wasn't much of an improvement in no. seats, was it? <laughs> My grandpa plowing, and then I show a picture of a 37 John Deere A seat, and that's not much of improvement. 
Then we jump all the way to a modern tractor. Oh, you skip my favorite. Uh, it's fun oh, to drive oh, and praise, but oh, it's the 830. The, the 820. <laughs> oh, it actually had a cushion on the seat. What yes. an improvement that was over yes. steel. So we trace the tractor seats and then jump to um, tillage. And we show the, the, the horse plow that broke the prairies and made our nation productive because we have a nation with great soils. So that implement was what we had to work with. And then uh, that kind of transitioned to the moldboard plow that we pulled behind tractors. Which made John Deere what it is, right? Wasn't yes. that the moldboard plow that well, was... You know, the people sometimes say John Deere invented the plow, but he didn't. No, he invented a better he, plow. He perfected it and changed it from a cast iron moldboard to uh, a worn out uh, saw blade that he used. And that, that of course, scoured and, and uh, the soil slipped over it much nicely, much more nicely. And as, uh, as I've done research with the uh, University of Minnesota, St. Olaf and Carleton, uh, we've done uh, research on what happens to soil when you moldboard plow it. And of course, uh, nothing good happens. If it stays there, sometimes it disappears exactly. completely, right, Anna? Yep, it can definitely run off the field. Yeah. So research has shown us that heavy tillage is uh, not very good for our soils. And Minnesota still uh, has a, a huge amount of heavy tillage that happens. And as you can see, our, our state map shows that. So uh, we kind of go on and, and try talk about the, um, the transition to no-till and how that works. And I do show the, the functioning of a machine that was built right here in Faribault, the Soil ETS Warrior. Soil Warrior. Yes. And uh, how that works and how strip-till is uh, a nice compromise between no-till and some I call it kind of the benefits of tillage and early season plant growth, but you also have the benefits of no-till because you leave the rest of the row undisturbed. Yes, Correct. yes. And our claim to fame, John Deere, the ETS, uh, they're just painting him a different color for John Deere. Isn't that right. mind-boggling? It was it is. developed it is. in perfected right here yep. and it was better than anything major manufacturers had so they, yeah, I don't know what the agreement was but they have some sort of contract they're painting them yellow and green John Deere's gonna parts yep. and service them it's just yep. <laughs> some years ago uh, we had a field day at our farm and uh, a well-respected soil scientist Giles Randall I've heard of him <laughs> was, was there and he looked at the strip till demonstration and he's he said to the crowd, you know, somebody finally hit the dinner plate <laughs> yeah. because this is what we really need to have to uh, engage in very productive agriculture and yet save our soils. But let's get Hannah in here because when you start saying some sort of reduced tillage, it all starts with proper drainage, doesn't it? It does, it does. Uh, yeah, proper drainage is a huge huge thing when it comes to farming because obviously the farmer wants to be able to get into his field or her field and be able to drive right on through and harvest their crop. And so I actually in the presentation talk about uh, drainage water management 
And there are these controlled uh, water systems that are we actually placed in David's field. And um, I think he has about five of them, correct, yeah. David? Yeah, controlled drainage structures where you can yes. block the tile yeah. water and hold it in the soil. Or if it's really wet, you can release it. But it, it's dandy for holding nutrient and water in the soil. Yeah, well, like uh, fall harvest is done and maybe you've got your strips done. Well, tile lines don't need to be running right then. So that, for example, then is when you would just block off the main and the, it would wait till spring, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah, when the um, when a farmer plants uh, their crop, then they can raise the water table. So then that way the crops get the amount of water they need. And then once it's harvested, you can uh, let the water go on through. And so then that way that's not or that way the water can continue to flow on through. So it just is based off of whether there's a crop in the field or not and wh whether you want the water table to be raised or lowered at the time. It's mind boggling. We can figure out how to do these things. And the key is <clears throat> all about the insulation, getting the mains, getting the laterals and everything on grade. But technology has come a long way with that too, hasn't it? That's for sure, yeah. Technology is definitely a huge part of it. And a lot of the farmers are afraid to even spend the money of putting in tile. But as soon as we have done it, even after mm -hmm. a year, we have noticed, or the farmer has noticed that right where the tile lines are, their crops are growing so much better than even right next to it where there isn't a tile line. Yeah. Well, I'm really going to date myself because when I was growing up, you got your main put in. Here's a wet spot here. Here's one over there. So you just sent lines all over the place. And then we got into system tiling every 100 feet. Yep. And we thought, boy, that was great until yield monitors came along. And then you could see over the tile line, right hand, the yields went up. Correct. You got 50 feet away, they went down, then they start coming back up again And when you got close to the next tile line. Yeah, yield monitors have definitely been a huge help for even us as a tiling <laughs> business because it definitely shows yeah. where the yields increase over the tile lines and then they decrease. And we have even gotten to a point where we put tile lines 30 to 40 feet apart now. So like if we're putting in a huge um, system, it's 30 to 40 feet apart because it just most definitely yeah. makes a big wow. difference. And it's yields. making our productive soils, Dave, even more productive. Right. It's interesting because uh, when Hannah's talking about this uh, tile water business and tiling, the perception in the, in the public to some degree is that, wow, those farmers are tiling and they're putting all that dirty water into yeah. the streams and all of that nutrient. So we have two bottles of water. Bottled water is what they're what it looks like. One of them is tile water and the other is drinking water unopened. And Hannah takes the bottles and says, which is tile water, which is drinking water? And then passes them around to the audience. You really can't tell the difference. So the point is tiling does not contribute soil to our surface waters. Tiling allows the water to infiltrate so we don't have runoff, which mm -hmm. is the big, uh, yep. big. And uh, I have an, a story about that, Hannah, about some tiling that I did. And I've been told by getting that excess moisture out of the soil, I can absorb more moisture when we get a heavy rain. But we right. better take a break for the markets. Uh, never a good thing when the guy, farm guy gets carried away talking to people <laughs> and I miss the markets. So <laughs> stand by, we better check out the markets. 
Hogs are mostly lower. Soybeans, cattle, and corn are down. I'm John Perkins with a Brownfield Market Update. With more than 50 corn lines to choose from, Stein offers elite genetics with a broad range of traits. Learn more at steinseed.com. Soybeans are lower today. The USDA's good to excellent rating held this week, but probably will not hold next week. Forecasts for this week remain hot and record hot in some cases, and the region could remain generally dry into early next month. September beans are down a dime at 13.60. November's 11 lower at 13.50 and three quarters. September soybean meals down a dollar and a dime at 408.70. September soybean oils 124 lower at 66.75. Corn's down watching that weather. And while it's a bigger issue for beans, uh, this heat's probably going to have an impact on test weights and maturity. Uh, Mexico did buy more U.S. corn this morning for uh, next marketing year and the marketing year after that. September corn's five lower at 464 and a quarter. December's down four and three quarters at 477 and three quarters. And wheat's mixed as Ukraine explores alternative routes to move grain. And while there has been some early success, Russia could act at any time. U.S. soft red winter's becoming more competitive, and that could boost U.S. exports. September Chicago's down one and a half at 597 and three quarters. Watching that weather, December cotton's up 53 at 84.24, and September rice is too higher at 15.53 and a half. Live and feeder cattle are lower, waiting for widespread direct cash cattle business. Neither bids nor asking prices are reported as of yet. October lives down 145 at 178.42. December's a dollar 37 lower at 182.92. September feeders are down 87 at 249.45. And hogs are mostly lower on spread trade and some questions about sustained demand as summer grilling season comes to a close. October leans up 30 at 80.92. December's down 40 at 73.32. Crude oil's firm. John Perkins, Brownfield Market Update. AM Minnesota on the Mighty 920 KDHL. The Market Update, sponsored by the KDHL Agro Boosters. They include Craig Keller at the Keller Insurance Agency in Nearestrand. Yes, Craig helps protect all things important to you. Also, TNW Towing, your heavy-duty towing and recovery experts. Also, Northern Buildings for quality post-frame construction. Go to their website, northernbuildings.com. Along with Community Corp Oil Association in Fairbourne, that's where everyone is welcome to be part of the company. Community Corp Local since 1925 to serve you better. And 321 Fence in Fairbourne, specializing in top quality fences for residential and commercial properties. Contact Micah. Go to 321FenceInc.com. My guest on today's AM Minnesota program, Dave Legvold. How do you... You introduced Dave, educator, farmer, passion for soil, passion for, well, you, everybody knows Dave anyway, right, Dave? And also Hannah Malika, a dynamic young gal in this big field of agriculture. And Dave, uh, before we go any farther, we pick up the drainage and the importance of it. Wanted to remind folks a couple more times when you and Hannah are going to be doing this presentation at the Minnesota State Fair and where, because... It's a big place up there. <laughs> it is, yes. Well, we will be doing our presentation on Saturday, August 26th, that's this coming, uh, in the Eco Experience Building, which is just north of the 4-H building in the far northeast corner of the fairgrounds. Yep. Not too far from the Department of Ag building and Correct. the band shell up in that neck yep. of the woods there. And there is a, a part of that building that is called the sustainability stage that is set aside for presentations and people to come and speak about uh, uh, issues that have to do with the environment. So 
that's where Hannah and I have done that program in the past, and it'll go forward again this year. Uh, I should uh, mention that on Tuesday, August 29th, I will be teaming up with another young woman, uh, Becca Rudabush of Seed Farms, which is an organic vegetable production uh, facility just south of town. And we do a show called Organic and Conventional Farming, Cohen the real dirt. <laughs> <laughs> and knowing Dave Hannah is probably entertaining at the same time because you have to make it fun too. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Dave has definitely taught me a lot of different aspects of agriculture and farming. It's It's been great being able to present with him and go to different uh, high schools and schools and the state fair and presenting. Yeah. Now, back up to uh, just before we took a break for the markets, no, I had a farm that had a four or five acre pothole. By a pothole, it was probably a foot or two lower than the rest of the field. But if you got a heavy rain, that's where the water would go. And at first, I just had a main going through there. And in that little area, cement tile lines every 100 feet. But if we got a heavy rain, it would still drown out because so much water was there. After I system tiled the rest of this field... I could absorb so much more moisture that it didn't drown out. And I was speculating that, so I took the excess moisture out of the soil. Then when we got that heavy rain, I could absorb more. Correct. Yeah. Even like I had mentioned earlier, we we now put, when we put in a, a tile system, we put them, the tile lines 30 to 40 feet apart because even then, then that allows the soil to uh, in the tile to absorb the excess moisture. Like, it will keep the uh, amount of moisture it needs yeah. Yeah, for but, the crops. Yeah, because it's all about the soil particles adhere to that moisture, and that's why we like higher organic matter soils and smaller particles that can hold more moisture. The tile's only taking out the excess moisture. Correct. You're exactly right. Because one person told me then, well, Jerry, you were whining because it was so wet last spring and then it got really, really dry. And he said, well, don't you wish you would have not had those tile lines taking all that excess moisture out? Now you would have more left when it's dry. It doesn't work. It, it seems logical, but it isn't. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of farmers are a little uh, like, little like they'll hold back not knowing exactly how it works. But once it's explained to them and we get the tile into the field, by a, even a few months later, they see a difference and they're extremely happy with it. And now, Dave, put your agronomy hat on. When you plant that seed, it's all about the root system. And to get a proper root system, you can't get a proper root system in a saturated soil. No, and it, it, was, it was common practice. Uh, if you had a wet spot, uh, if you tilled it enough times, it would Drain dry better. out. Yeah. It wouldn't drain better, but it would dry out because you're aerating the uh -huh. surface. And what happens then is um, the, the soil, uh, you, you put in a huge amount of oxygen when you're busy tilling the soil. And that fires up the biology of the soil. And those little critters like to digest carbon, which happens to be the organic, organic matter, matter of the soil. So if you put oxygen in the soil... The bugs are going to work on it, and then they're going to burp off CO2. So agriculture used to be a major source of the carbon emissions that we see. And now agriculture can be a major solution 
to that problem. Yeah, well, and the other thing is, someone told me about this. I've got to find the NASA maps. But you look back to growing a great corn crop or a soybean crop or any crop. What are those plants doing? Photosynthesis. Taking carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere, storing the sun's energy in the seed and expelling oxygen. And they said, you can see that map and it just glows with all the carbon dioxide being taken out of the atmosphere in the Midwest. Plus then all that crop residue. Uh, that's organic matter, isn't it, that we put back in the soil so the oh, yes. more robust crop we can plant with a proper drainage, yeah. the more carbon we're sequestering in the soil, right? Yes, and organic matter is the heart of the mechanism that holds nutrient and yeah. water in the soil. So uh, tiling is a way to make your soil much healthier. Would you agree, Hannah? I would have to agree <laughs> with that, Dave. <clears throat> and uh, consequently more productive and able to hold nutrient and water in the soil. Uh, and that, uh, that's good for our crops. You know, we're, all, we're all concerned about the environment. And I just keep thinking, we're a wealthy country and we've got very intelligent people. If we've got a problem, we can figure out how to fix it, right? <laughs> and we're right. figuring out how to fix it. Farmers are always trying to figure out a better way. Yeah. And it's, it's been interesting. Um, uh, I have um, wondered why it is that the states around Minnesota are, are doing better with uh, soil conservation and soil health. Of course, you know, you can see it on the map there. And um, it's been tough to educate people. And uh, I was speaking uh, at a group of very well-educated, kind of feisty women and my host lady saw me uh, present the uh, idea that Minnesota only had 5% no-till or strip-till. And she said, how come? I said, well, there's probably too many old Norwegian farmers out <laughs> you, there. You might include one or two old Germans too. <laughs> and, and, and that's me. So I don't know what, what the answer is. But uh, fortunately, we do have... Uh, a new crop of people who are going to college, like Hannah, getting their degrees in agriculture, learning about the systems of the soil, and they are coming out and wanting to do something different. And what ties back to the change in the tractor seat, well, look at the soil warrior. You know, we're making progress, and one of the things that might hold you back is those are expensive machines, but then again, what do farmers do? Remember the silo fillers that went around and all the farmers worked together? So you might see something like, like that develop yes. again. Yes, my, my soil warrior is a, a shared machine because I am a farmer colleague of mine, Mike Peterson. I've heard of him. And uh, we share the soil warrior. So it's really nice because I own the machine and the guidance and the tractor and his man-child, Shane, <laughs> is the operator. Yep. So, so he then comes and does yours for you. He takes the rig and he does everything, yeah. and he's really good at it. And uh, so it's kind of nice for an old guy like me not to have to jump in the tractor and do that. <laughs> but And Hannah, just tell us how you... Uh, you manage your planting and that stuff. Well, last year I I was the one, uh, or maybe it was two years ago. I think Grandpa planted this past year. But um, 
it, it goes back and forth between grandpa and I. Sometimes I'll ask to take over and plan our fields, but I, I'll, I like to share it with them. <laughs> um, but getting back to before, like when it comes to no-till in Minnesota being behind, I think one of the other big reasons is People are afraid of change. Yeah. Like oh, a lot of farmers true. are like, oh, well, this is what we've been doing for how many years? And, and change is harder the older you get, too. <laughs> I speak from experience yeah. on that. <laughs> and so with it being such a big change, they're afraid to um, make the change. And then after a year, they might not see a difference in yields quite yet. But if you continue on year after year, year you'll see that it does improve your or, soil. Or how about this? Maybe you don't have to change everything. Here's 40 acres. Here's 20 acres. Let's go step by step. And the other thing is talk to people because lots of people have done this already. So then you don't have to make the same mistakes that they did. I I have a a friend and colleague, Jody DeYoung-Hughes, who is an extension educator. And she said, you know, we don't have to change everything at once. Just just eliminate one pass. And that will be a step in the right direction. Well, we only have about a minute left, Dave and Hannah. So quickly, where you're going to be or maybe a website where they can get your whole schedule, Dave? Uh, The Eco Experience Building at the State Fair on Saturday, August 26th. Uh, Hannah and uh, and I have a program at 12 and 4 in the afternoon. And um, I think you can probably go to the Minnesota Pollution Control website. And maybe navigate there to find it. Yes, yes, exactly right. Well, Hannah, thanks for coming in. And now you're hired to keep an eye on Dave and help (laughs) educate us uh, older generation. Thank you for having us. (laughs) And Dave, uh, thanks for the email and the phone call letting me know what you're doing. And I thought, uh, you know, we need to tell our story about what we're doing and how we're trying to always do it better. Well, thanks for work, Jerry. We, your work, we really appreciate it. Yeah. Yep, and how about that? Your superior time management, we have 12 seconds. <laughs> wow, <laughs> look at that. All right, you're listening to KDHL Radio and Fairbo. We've got the national news on the way right after the station ID. And then El Travis Show. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.